0: Welcome to another episode of Atelier 1121. I'm your host, Antavia Roulette, and on today's episode we have Sarita C, a DC native, talented seamstress, amazing fashion designer, and I'm lucky to have her on this episode. So if Sarita, can you please introduce yourself to our audience?
1: My name is Sarita C. I'm was born in washington dc raised in maryland so dmv native lover of the dmv most absolutely and i'm a fashion designer and teaching artist
0: did you always know you wanted to be in fashion
1: absolutely not
0: (laughs) where did you what was your first love
1: Um, so I was a very studious child. I was incredibly into my academics, a nerd, if you will, still am in many regards. I've just kind of like widened the lens for what I nerd out on. (laughs) Um, but growing up, I mean, maybe like my absolute first thing I ever wanted to be when I was like three was a ballerina, like every other little girl. Right. Um, but throughout kind of my school age until I was in my later teen years, I actually wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be an OBGYN. Oh, that's
0: beautiful. When did fashion come into your life?
1: What's interesting is that fashion was – always there Mm -hmm. it was always an inclination of mine and whenever people ask me like quote unquote how did you get into fashion my response Mm -hmm. is generally that fashion was what got into me I don't think yeah it was a very sort of innate thing it was something that I was always drawn to for the Mm -hmm. sake of self-expression I just didn't always see it as a career path Um, I'm sure our convo will go more into that later. But I I can remember, you know, ripping apart my clothes from a very young age, (laughs) things that my parents bought, you know, quite recently, Uh -uh. (laughs) and just being like, "Mm, no, this doesn't suit me anymore. This isn't giving me, you know, the vibe that I wanna give off. Um, and I would rip things apart, I would cut them up. I would oftentimes experiment with doll clothes, with Barbies. Yeah. You know, oh yes, Barbie. Them, mm-hmm.
0: She was always dressed so well. Even if her hair <laughs>
1: wasn't done, she always looked great. <laughs> girl you get me into the hair because i enjoyed hair too and it took me time to realize that barbie's hair don't grow back
0: oh yeah oh yeah
1: (laughs) so i would chop that stuff off and be like why why is she just mob forever now yeah i would chop up the clothes not really not really understanding my intentions but just experimenting Um, experimenting with that type of tactile creativity um, I, if I wasn't in my room with my nose in a book, I was in my room with my dolls. Um, and that just kind of grew into, um, then being able to experiment with my own style. That was mm-hmm. more so happening in middle school. Um, I was where... also there too,
0: though. I also, uh, took shoe boxes and I would glue the shoe boxes together and I would make her an entire apartment. So, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I would like do the whole layout. This is the bedroom. This is the hallway, and yeah, it was it was bad. It was bad. Oh, she had you a had your in. interior design going too. Yeah, it was on and cracking, but that hair was messed up.
1: <laughs> I would be into the hair and the outfits, but I, I mean, my parents kind of spoiled me. I'm not gonna lie, but because I was like so strong in my academics, it was mm. like as long as you're doing well in school, you you know you can be supported in what it is that you want. Absolutely. So I have, you know little Barbie house, the plastic one that was like three or four stories. I honestly <sighs> still think it's in my parents' garage.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Um,
1: I have. Of RV car um my mom purchased a lot of the collector RVs for me and i'm grateful that she at least sort of stopped me from opening up every single one of those collector RV boxes oh I think yeah i got into one or two but i still have them in like my childhood closet and Bless her and like her proclivities to at least understanding representation and things like that, because um she made it a point to really seek out a lot of the the black Barbies too, and they were harder to find, especially in the collector items, so I know I have like the millennium Barbie and she 's black, you know mm-hmm. I have some of those collector item Barbies and she she made it a point to go out of her way to find the black ones too um but even some of the other dolls like the Addy doll a lot of my cabbage patch kids really just making an intentional decision to make sure that I saw myself in those as well so yeah saw myself in in the gutting of the clothes and making outfits for them and growing up and really just really using that as a tool for building you know my self-expression and my self-esteem and i think it made i mean clearly it made all the difference yeah it did <laughs> other than barbie being your first client
0: clearly how do clients <laughs> how do clients inspire you
1: um I really love sharing narratives. I always say that I view fashion as a language. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe not so much as a spoken language, but it's absolutely an expression. It's can be used as an incredibly strong communication tool Mm -hmm. Uh, for the most part you know that's that is the first impression that people get from you before you're even in close enough range of anyone to share words yeah you see them and you view them and you appraise what it is that you're wearing well what it is that they're wearing and you are making some sort of judgment call off of that no matter you know how much that may shape in -hmm. the moments after or in the future fashion is definitely a mode of expression and then even in a grander sense there's so many things that are connected to clothing whether it just be culture or costume if you will um you can determine oftentimes what type of era someone grew up in, what type of environment, what country, what ethnicity, Um, but also even just certain things that they love. Like you Mm -hmm. can always tell who's a gym rat, you know, you could tell who loves the outdoors. You can tell what type of region and climate people come from. Um, But clothing is connected to all of that. And I think that that's what's absolutely beautiful about it. So when clients come to me and they have something about themselves that they really want to push forward and they really want to get a little bit more intrinsic about it and a little bit more internal about it and just Mm -hmm. expressing who they are through color, through texture, through shapes, through silhouettes. I absolutely love, you know, taking what they give me um, from their personalities and what Mm -hmm. they trust to You know, to relate to me um, from their personality and really being able to translate that into garments um, is is a great thing. So I don't know if it's necessarily something like super specific about every client, Mm -hmm. but it's funny because they often will come to me and say, oh, like, I hope I'm not you know, I'm not giving you too much. Like I'm sending you 1 million pictures on my <laughs> Pinterest board has, you know, like 5,000 pins on it. And I'm like, no, g- g- give it all to me. You know, the more so, that I can learn about you, the better that I can portray you right. through a custom-made garment. So are you I a made. big Pinterest person? Are you, Do you
0: stay on Pinterest a lot other than guys?
1: I go through binges with Pinterest. I go through phases (laughs) with Pinterest. I know people who are like Pinterest freaks. Like they are absolutely on Pinterest every day. Mm -hmm. I'm not so much that, but I do use it as a tool and as a resource.
0: But I you find love it art
1: easier with people who I like, you know, follow and yeah. creating certain boards. But if I'm going looking for something specific, it, it's more difficult. So that's yeah. why Pinterest it doesn't always vibe with the way that my mentality works.
0: But you are a lover of art, as I've as I've seen. So my next question would be, uh, what art or artist has inspired you the most?
1: Oh wow, just one. It
0: doesn't
1: have to be just one it doesn't <laughs> uh, that's tough I don't know that it i just I just love all of it um mm-hmm. honestly, I and mean, then even outside of the realm of just like two two dimensional art uh when I was in college, I was really into sculpture. Um, I was into three dimensional form, mostly like contemporary and modern sculpture mm-hmm. um that was honestly maybe, like outside of my fashion specific classes and then I took a jewelry making class that I loved. Mm-hmm. We had to do three d foundational design, and I absolutely loved that class like I liked being in the wood shop, I liked you know working with plaster i but again, like I like working with my hands and building in that way mm-hmm. um and I don't think there's any artist specific to that. Um, but I love like even like Scandinavian sculpture. Um, but then I also love, <clears throat> excuse me, like some of the OGs, like Faith Ringgold is obviously a great black woman artist um when we get into I like photography as well so like Gordon Parks comes to mind I love Basquiat um I mean honestly, the list goes on. so many. there's so many <laughs> I, Well, out of your
0: own collection because I, I've seen that you have a small color well not small, for what from what I've seen you have a, a collection what is your favorite piece that you have so far
1: Oh, that's, uh, I don't know. I love them all. and (laughs) So I think you're talking about my studio, my studio gallery wall. Mm -hmm. So my studio gallery wall was just very intentional. I wanted to source different art pieces from local artists and black artists Mm -hmm. Um, and women artists as well. So basically just, you know, people who are generally marginalized artists. Um and there are a couple ones that come to mind. I have a James Baldwin portrait, that's actually a print that was made by Dez and she used to be in the studio directly next to me Mm -hmm. and the great thing about that is that she actually painted the original with coffee and she yeah she has this, this little story behind it about how she drinks coffee daily and it takes her the whole day to finish one cup of coffee, <laughs> she was saying. But she started. She she's a a wizard with watercolor, so you can already kind of see how that's translating. Oh, absolutely. But she said, yeah. She said that there was one day that she was sitting there and the coffee, and she's doing her watercolor and her portraits throughout the day, and her coffee is there and her coffee is there. And then one day, she just decided to dip the paintbrush in the coffee mug instead, and she noticed that the longer the coffee was out throughout the day the darker it became mm. and so using that as a pigment you know That's saturation beautiful. of the brown uh. and then of course it's Baldwin and like I mean we're getting into Audrey Baldwin <laughs> is one of my absolute favorite Great, man brilliant yeah Baldwin and his pen and like Audrey Lord is another one that I love mm-hmm. Nikki Giovanni is another one that I love but Baldwin is amazing um and so those brown those brown tones obviously getting into like the very unique features of this black man um (sighs) yeah so when I saw it's actually her the print was like tucked away Uh in her little print rack and it was only maybe from like his eyebrow region up and I remember walking into her studio that one day, and I was like, oh, is that a Baldwin? And she looked at me, and she was like, how did you know that? And I was like, oh, girl, <laughs> I be knowing. <laughs> I be seeing my Uncle Jim- My uncle Jimmy. I be seeing him. So, and she just allowed me to just ha- she just gave me the print. And she told me the story behind it. Um, so that's one of my favorite ones. And then another that just immediately comes to mind, um, there's a young, a young man by the name of Dew. Who uh, is an artist, a uh, painter, and he also does graffiti and street art out of the southeast. Mm. Um, and he he's the best thing. If y'all ain't up on do, you gotta find do on Instagram. Yeah, like, send me the link. This is not even a sponsored. Like, I know. Uh, he's not I mean, sponsoring sometimes me to say when this. it's that
0: good, when it's that good, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, send me the link to his stuff and I, I'll look it up and I'll, I'll post it
1: on, on my Instagram. And I'll... yeah, It's like do world art, but the D Dude. and then it's a three, like a backwards E sort of thing. So D, three technically, W and it's like world art. I'm sure he'll start popping up. Um, he is just the best kid, honestly. He's so wise beyond his years, mm-hmm. but his artistry Is fucking phenomenal, man. Oh, Um, and I met him at Art All Night in Southeast at Congress Heights. So Mm -hmm. that's the one Kiana runs. Um, and Kiana is dope too. Um, I'm trying to get one of Kiana's pieces on my wall as well. Oh
0: yes.
1: Yeah, one of her one liners, but I just can't figure out which one I want.
0: (laughs) She is a bless. She is.
1: Yeah, I have one of her face yourself um, sweatshirts, and I have some other yeah. things from her. She's um, doing some great
0: things. She really is. Every time I can get a chance to support, I do every every chance I get. She is, she is amazing. That's all I can say. She is. <laughs> that's, that's, not like,
1: that's, that's not a word. It's not a word. Kiana it's, is a powerhouse. She is. She really uh. is. And yeah. she just dropped something like yesterday. And I'm like, Oh, I need to go buy this. Uh, she just dropped some lapel pins. We don't and do that. This one denim jacket <laughs> that I have all of these like black and white lapel pins on. Uh-huh. And she dropped like one of her one liner, one of her face yourself lapel pins and it's black and white. And I'm like, this is perfect and I have to add that to my little collection. Um, but yeah, so almost everyone on my wall was someone who, you know, I've either met or I follow their art for some period of time, or Mm -hmm. I go to a lot of, um, local art shows. Mm -hmm. So obviously art all night is one of them, but pancakes and booze, um, art shows like that. Femme Fatale DC generally has things that are going on or did pre pandemic.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, you know, so sometimes it's just like I'm just at these little art shows or what have you, and something catches my eye, and I'll just grab something. Um, I did try to be very intentional about making sure if I was spending some coins that I was spending it within my community, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so, so, all of those pieces, and some of them are just like <laughs> dumb little things that I made, like, I have some like. Wire and textile mini sculptures that I hung on the wall. Mm -hmm. I have a couple small, um, again, back to my love of sculpture, like small wooden vintage busts. You know, I have like this vintage. I love mid-century modern things as well. So this mid-century modern um, vase, black vase that's up there. there, are, like, it's kind of like a little bit of a mixture of stuff because I do, I kind of like that controlled chaos look mm-hmm. and I do love texture and I do love mixes of forms. Um, so as much as there are prints and some paintings up there, there's also some sculpture and some textiles and stuff, uh, like a woven wall hanging kind of pieces up there too. Um, yeah. So it's a mix of stuff. All of it means a little bit of a something to me.
0: That's beautiful. I can hear the joy in your voice as you talk about it. And with that, it's a perfect segue to my next question. Like, How does your art and your choice of art assist you in your creative
1: process? Oh, dang. And the creative process specifically, it keeps me motivated. Mm -hmm. Um, The creative process... Is is a journey. It's a journey that's never linear. Um, you hit walls. You hit potholes. You hit obstacles in every way. Sometimes you have to yield off on a tangent and come back. You got to loop around. You got to spiral. Um, and art is something that's so... I guess, malleable to me that it really allows you to shape it. You can mm-hmm. shape it as you go. Right. So even if you hit this wall, you can creatively troubleshoot it. You know? Right. You there can... is no wrong. There is no yeah. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It mm-hmm. just lends itself to the integrity of what it is that you're doing. To me, it makes it more authentic. Mm-hmm. So that removal of this quote unquote mistake. hmm um, although it is still, you know, high pressure, especially when you're working with clients specifically. But like that removal of something being labeled as like, Oh, it's a mistake or it's wrong or whatever, it it just allows that process to be a little bit lighter. A little bit lighter. Right. You can grow through those mistakes, quote unquote. You can learn from some of the waywardness of it all and mm-hmm. maybe reapply yourself differently next time. Um, but it's just it's just so malleable and it's so moldable that it it makes the creative process uh, a little bit more explorative, you know? Right. Um, but then at the end of the day, you also have to be open to that as well. And, and other- I think that that can be difficult for some people, but you yes. have to be open yep. to, ha- to being able to explore and for everything to come out a little bit different every time. And that can be off-putting for some people, but it's something for that perfectionist, I, I happen to enjoy.
0: Yeah, for a perfection- perfectionist, it can be... It can be painful. <laughs> it
1: can be it's, painful. girl. Wishing. Emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Very emotional. I mean, even for non-perfectionists, it's emotional. Yeah. Like, yeah. It'll yeah. put you through the
0: ringer. Yes, it will. <laughs> um, and, you know, I find, I find joy in creating for a client, but there's nothing like doing personal projects. You know? what? Brings you the most joy when you do your personal projects, and why?
1: Oh, that is just unadulterated. That there's that is just it's just me. Um, art is to me as empowering for you know a community as it is for an individual as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because my personal projects don't always. As much energy as I would love to give them because capitalism, yeah, um, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Y'all think, people be thinking these fabrics
1: are cheap? I'd be like, oh, okay, girl. yeah, girl, but those. The personal projects do also in a, you know, if we're looking very, very long game. Mm-hmm. They do seep back into my custom commission based work as well, mm-hmm. because the, I've noticed that the more personal projects that I do, the more I showcase myself, mm-hmm. the more it attracts clients who are just in the same mental and spiritual and aesthetic space that I'm in. Oh, um, yes. When I first started, that was a little bit more difficult because people didn't really know me. Right. You know, They didn't know my aesthetic and my work, and I had to do a lot more management of expectations or just sort of like... Maybe stepping outside of myself for some commissions that weren't, you know, truly in line with who I am as an artist and as a creative. Mm-hmm. And again, capitalism, but it's just, you know, to kind of make that coin, to keep things flowing. Yes. Um, Knowing that at the end of the day, like the more that I work and the more that I work, the more that it would shape itself.
0: That's that cute. kind of
1: artistic identity. Um, and now I find that I don't have to work so hard getting clients who vibe with me yeah. um, like they see it and they're attracted to what it is that I do specifically, like not just the fact like oh, I can get a custom gown made, but I can get a custom gown made by Sarita is right. the one who I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm sure on the flip of that, there are people who will come and access my page and my portfolio and be like, hey, you know, I do want a custom gal me, but maybe she's not the specific person to do it. And I value that as well, um, to not have to navigate the, you know, the creative collaboration elements when someone sits in my chair for a consultation i generally i'm getting along with those people off the bat um and i i appreciate that growth in my process as well so the more that i do some personal projects like for me i don't go, well, I do go places. My my friends will yell at me if they listen to this, and they're like, Serena, you say you don't go nowhere. <laughs> but when I do, I do try to make it a point to wear something that I've designed for myself, whether it's a formal you know, a gala or what have you, mm-hmm. or if it's just one of those little art shows that I'm always going Were to. Were you
0: always like that? Did you always wear your clothes to um, events and stuff like that, or was it a something that you had to not so much make yourself do, but encourage yourself to do?
1: Um, I'm not sure if it was so much like I had to encourage or remind myself, mm-hmm. but I had to take the time to do it. Right. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm going to things on the fly. Yeah. And, you know, I would already have something in my closet that was you know not something that i made but it's just like oh i just need to throw something on mm-hmm. to go out and and you know look nice and look presentable and look fashionable or stylish or what have you but it wasn't necessarily something that i made mm-hmm. but then over the years obviously like stacking up on pieces that i've made for myself that makes it a little bit easier like i just have more options right because when i first started um i just didn't have as many things because i was you know it was all new to me and now I have a pretty pretty sizable (laughs) hoard of garments you know that I can always select from I do try to make you know pick something new or make something new I have I'm infamous for that I'm infamous for making something the night before Mm -hmm. um to wear to wherever it is that I'm going but again that's been that's been a building process also even just a building of my skill set like I am comfortable now with Construing these ideas, even if they're my own, Mm -hmm. into a physical wearable garment. Like, I know the ins and outs of garment making well enough Mm -hmm. to flip things for myself that fast i will stress for myself because sometimes clients will come to me and they think that that's how fast i can sew for everybody but hey like i know what size i am right. you know i know the nitty gritty and the nuances of my own body and my own figure i also know what i like just mentally from my head i don't have to go through the process of interpreting myself right you know so um
0: i have to ask this next question because this is the part that I was really excited to talk to you about. Uh having worked with you. I was in awe at your skill set. It's so fluid. Aww. It seems effortless. And I know it's not effortless cuz it's a lot of parts. <laughs> I know, but when did you begin studying like s- studying fashion because your your skill is is
1: amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's so interesting to hear people from the outside looking in, because sometimes i would be like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know what I'm doing. I do. I do. I know I know what I'm doing. But at the same time, because everything is custom, mm-hmm. I don't do anything twice, and so that's that's I, that's when it comes into like, ooh, girl, how am I gonna make this into the thing that we're all envisioning in our head because right. I've never made it before. Um, but the application of those skills. Um, when did I start seriously studying fashion? So outside of my riffing apart my clothes when I was little. Um, and my parents did eventually buy me like, you know, them little fake sewing machines.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: they always broke. Them things get on my nerves. They will always break. <laughs> and that's why it wasn't me breaking it. They would literally just break. Yeah. Um, but as I got into high school and it was quite obvious that this was still something that I was inclined towards. And I actually went to high school on a science and technology scholarship. Again, nerd. again thinking that I wanted to be a doctor um and that science and technology scholarship means that I was taking these AP physics courses these AP bio these AP 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 science um doing engineering courses all of those things and as much as it was like uh I could do this if I applied myself I didn't see the love in it I didn't see the passion in it um but I always did have one school in mind that I wanted to go to, even when I wanted to do pre-med, and that was Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I was so drawn to Syracuse all the time. Um, I was a big sports person, and that was when Carmelo Anthony and the Orange Men won the national championship that year, was when people were starting to, like, really – look into the colleges that they wanted to apply to. And so Syracuse was just on my radar. It was a good school. I also didn't want to go to school close to home. I wanted to get away. I wanted to explore. Um, but the great thing about Syracuse is that it has a program called Summer College for High School Students. And you essentially are applying to go to a six-week intense course for college credit and you can quote unquote pick your major for those six weeks during the summer and they had engineering I think is one probably communications is another but they had the fashion design program as one so the summer after my junior so in between my junior and senior year of high school as I'm really just trying to figure out Maybe not where I want to apply to go to school, but what I want to study. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents were supportive enough to allow me to apply for that program in fashion design and pay for me to go. And I think I called my mom like the second day. Hey, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. <laughs> this is <it."> a <laughs> like this is it and so i think that was really the beginning of my formal training Mm -hmm. because it was like we had pattern drafting classes we did draping we were working on industrial machines me as i'll probably actually 17 at the time Mm you said turn 17 um and you know really going through what fabric choice and why that's important fibers and Mm. testing fibers but also more conceptual design um things as well and so I just really fell in love with the creative process in that way and I realized that I really loved this I really loved this thing and I also really like the faculty and the staff that were there as well and they had you know their regular faculty you know so those are the people like if I applied to go to school here these are the people the professors who would be teaching me um and so I really enjoyed them as well and so that was I mean that was really the beginning the beginning of the end (laughs) (laughs) you also studied abroad though didn't you I did. So I ended up going to Syracuse. I only applied to two schools, girl. Mm -hmm. I applied to Syracuse and I applied to Drexel. And I kind of knew I was always also very intuitive as a child. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm weird. Okay. So like something about me knew that I did not want to go to an art specific school. I didn't want to go to a place where people were only like me. Right. I wanted to be stimulated by other people by a diverse environment mm-hmm. by people who have different interests that's always kind of been um, the tribe I've kept around me from when I was very young um, my mom always talks about me and my friends She like Sarita and her others oh mom. Like, oh. Wow. <laughs> My mom is wild. She's not wrong about it. She's not wrong about it at all. Um, I just like that stimulation. And, you know, it it leads itself all into me loving client work, too. Some people do not like client work, and I understand why. Like it is a lot. It yeah. is a lot to have to get to know someone in that way, and to be able to translate their ideas when they can't even really tell you what their ideas are. Yeah, it can be difficult. It can be ups but and downs. I, I just like it. There are a yeah. lot of, uh,
0: emotional ups and downs, especially if you're an a empath who takes on a lot of emotional weight, especially when it's a wedding or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then the other yeah. part is, and then after it's done, sometimes you don't ever see these people. <laughs> 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 i was like i just invested this time in this relationship
1: and you just gonna leave me <laughs> no
0: yeah but it can be different
1: yeah though. yeah it definitely has these nuances for sure um Girl, I forgot what the question was. You asked about <laughs> studying abroad. <laughs> ah, yeah, so, oh, yeah, okay, I got it. I got it. I, I was just saying that I didn't want to go to an art specific school. Yeah. So that's why I only applied to those two schools. So they were fashion programs within mm-hmm. a larger university. Um, and, you know, good schools too, because I was always under that pressure like, oh, what if it don't work out? Right. What if I want to switch? I don't want to have to switch schools completely. You know, I don't want to have to uproot myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, again, going back to, like, I don't play sports. I'm not an athlete. But I really wanted a college experience. You get me? Mm-hmm. I really wanted the concerts. I wanted the social life. I wanted the sporting events. I wanted all of that. I didn't want... You don't really get that with art schools. Um, and I wanted it to be big in a major way. Like, I I wanted that stimulation. So, um, that's why I ended up choosing Syracuse. Um, and I wanted to get... I mean, Philly is far away. ain't far away enough. I wanted to get away. Um, and just be independent for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, Syracuse also does have a study abroad program. And for different majors and different colleges within the university. They are in different, um, different parts of the world, essentially. Like I think like, some of them were in Madrid. Some of them were kind of spaced out in different places, but for the fashion design school, their sister school with London college of fashion. Um, so I studied abroad in London for a semester and it straight up changed my life. Mm-hmm. um, I don't think I've ever been so broke, <laughs> so absolutely <laughs> broke, yet so happy. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> like you're already a college student, right? So you you're broke already. already. Got no money. <laughs> then uh, you know, work study program ain't happening abroad mm-hmm. at all. You know, and then I decided to go to probably the most expensive freaking place that you can go Mm -hmm. to study abroad. And at that time, the dollar meant, like, nothing to the British pound. It was, like, two to one. So imagine, like, they have obviously their own restaurants, but I will always use the example of McDonald's. Like, they had a McDonald's in whatever Hyde Park area, what have you. And you would go to McDonald's, and you would get a Big Mac meal, and say it's six pounds, seven pounds. And the U.S. dollar, you paying $14 for a Big Mac meal. Not
0: today, we not.
1: (laughs) No. that was that was the exchange rate at the time and mm. i think for the euro so when i would go travel it was more like 1.5 1.7 mm-hmm. not as bad but still bad right so it was it was a struggle you were broken and broke um but i was happy like i was stimulated it was a different experience for me um it was a challenging experience for me but London is just really a quirky place. Quirky is a really great word for that place. Um, So to be in in a country, but also a city that has so much more history also than the U.S. had. I think that was really my, my most major observation from the beginning is you really have this unique mix of old, uh, old, old history, old architecture, old buildings, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's still a metropolis. It's still a modern urban area. Um, And the people there and the way that they dress and all of these things. So this, this modernity and stark contrast with an environment that is so vintage, um, visually stimulating.
0: I saw, oh, I know yeah, it was. Yeah,
1: it was just wild. It was wild. And I think, even fashion wise, like, I and mean, even if you get into like British fashion, you know, how, how much better British Vogue is than American it's Vogue. Advanced. Like, is like... <laughs> it's so advanced. <laughs> that juxtaposition is very accurate. Like, yeah. people there have a quirkier sense of style. Yeah. Um, It's a little bit more unique from person to person, too. Whereas the U.S., it's like whatever's trending right now. Is everyone, everyone has it on. Like. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they at least, you know, even if there's something that's trending in London, you know, you take it and you make it your own. Right. Um... But it was, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy to be there. Um, The museums there are next level. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So certain things like that, it was just, that was what made my experience awesome. Um, And then all of the study abroad students um, from different schools in the U S that were now based at LCF. We all shared flats together too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so our flats were a little, we're all American, but we're mixed in from different parts of America. And I'm still friends with some of these people to this day. Um, So creating those relationships and you're, you know, young, how old was I? Like, 19 at the time I think um and this country by myself essentially that sounds like Um, a love story (laughs) it was a love story with this specific place and I was just blessed to be in uh, and surrounded by a group of you know young ladies and young women who were as excited to explore as I was. Um, And so it was crazy. It was crazy to just be dropped into a completely different culture Um, but we, we had a ball with it and there were the challenges as well, you know, some of the social things that you kind of have to get over, but it wasn't also like, okay, we're going to a place where they speak a completely different language, you know, or something like that. But there was a certain amount of immersion, you know, that did have to take place, but I, I still very much so, um, enjoyed my time there.
0: Are you going to go back?
1: Well, not right, you know, right now. Are they even letting
0: What? Really?
1: I that might be one of the countries that's like no, excuse us. No Americans can come up in here right now no. you y'all over there wildin'. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would love to go back. One of my friends from study abroad has actually she moved back at the very 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 beginning of the pandemic. Um, and she's back for the long term like she's setting up her family there and so when things do if and when things do reopen I would I would love to go back and spend you know like a long-term trip I thought about you know going back for a shorter span of time but I would really just want to make it worth it but now that she has some roots down there you know to stay for a longer period of time and then also my love of Europe and, you know, traveling really to a different continent in that way is once you're over there, you should take advantage of other things. So like travel within Europe can be so much more budget-friendly than if you're just doing one trip at a time. You know, going back and forth. Like, oh, I want to go to Paris this year, and you go back home. Or I want to go to London this year, and you go back home. I want to go to Portugal this year, and you go back home. Like, If you just go over there for a longer period of time and plan it properly, you can save so much more money. I believe it. And just bounce around a little bit.
0: That sounds so beautiful. So my next question is... What were your goals and dreams when you began your uh, fashion career? And what are they now?
1: Phew. So when I first started, I'm like, I'm just, I'll use career as the point of graduating college. Okay. So when I first matriculated, I thought that I was going to apply for a job in New York City like everyone else. Like everyone else. (laughs) <laughs> and I was just gonna you know work my way up in whatever brand and blah 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 you know ride off onto the horse into the sunset whatever
0: and that's while- what happened <laughs>
1: right that's what happened right that's exactly what happened girls <laughs> to someone that was not me <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> um while in college You know, I'm always the type of person that just, I try to just try things. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's a very big notion that I love about art, just in general. So even when I get into teaching and all of that, exploring, you're going to hear me say that word a lot. Mm You know, there's expression and then there's exploring. And those are the two big things about art and creativity in general that I love. But I, I tried to always try things before I committed, because when I commit to things, it's going 110%. Um, So when I was in college, I did internships, you know, I did New York Fashion Week, I remember doing New York Fashion Week, like the last season that it was in the tents in Bryant Park. Um, Mm -hmm. I interned in during, you know, an entire summer on Fashion Ave in a corporate setting. It wasn't for me. It just wasn't for me. And I'm a just like corporate and creative realms is still very corporate. So all of those nuances, all of those challenges, all of those even, and I'll go as far as to say like injustices and prejudice and biases mm-hmm. that exist in any other corporate realm, art is is not removed from that um and i won't even be like unfortunately like no that's the that's the reality yeah that is a thousand percent the reality and just because they may employ a more liberal quote-unquote demographic of people does not make it exempt from the fact that this is still corporate america mm-hmm. um and it just wasn't it wasn't for me, it wasn't my vibe, and I don't mind being a change maker in many regards, but I don't like bullshit, yeah, um I really don't I have a very low tolerance for it um and if I also find that there are many different ways to affect change. And, you know, sometimes things that are more grassroots and are more actually on the ground will benefit a certain type of person than trying to, like, infiltrate a system, quote unquote, and change it from within when you're still going to be met with a lot of that red tape and a lot of those glass roofs, if you will, glass ceilings. Um... And then, so that that was that was part of my decision to not go corporate, but then also just like the lack of love that I have on in working on ideas that aren't mine, yeah. you know so like when you go corporate, you're still mm-hmm. committing to another company's agenda, you're still committing to another company's mission statement, and it it didn't excite me the same. It didn't excite me to also have to give up some of those tangible parts of the creative process that I really love so much. So when I'm working on custom commissions, I really get to work on everything from start to finish. So everything from conceptualization to construction to completion, I'm a part of every step of that process. And Mm -hmm. I really love as much as it is like hard work and daunting (laughs) and psychotic of me i really love seeing it all come to life in that way Mm. i have friends who i went to school with and they sold their sewing machines like the day after graduation they're like i'm never gonna use this again and i never want to oh no yeah i like to sew though and i I get that notion i get that notion there are people who you know, love illustration so much more. I don't like to sketch, which is funny. I don't like to do it. But like, there are people who love different parts of the process right. in different ways. And I just really like to construct. Um, so, so with you that- know, I just kind of began realizing what was and was not for me. Right. So when I decided not to necessarily jump into the corporate arena and I came back home and I kind of did not know what the hell it was that I was going to do, Um, I actually like my First job was more so of a teaching job. And when I was in college, my work study program was actually in tutoring and mentorship, although not anything art specific. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of just translated a little bit quicker, like getting into teaching for summer programs that was a little bit more creative and that just really helped blossom a love of mine in terms of being a teaching artist and being an instructor and being able to pass on some of those things that I love so much, um, that I'll probably also never give up doing. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was my first job still as I was trying to figure it out. And honestly, most of my quote unquote first jobs were education related. Um, and then I had, remember, like, I went to school for science and tech in high school. Right. I think most people knew that I was, like, going to Syracuse, and everybody was like, oh, my God, that's a great school, da 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 And then four years later, when they watched me graduate, and all of a sudden, my senior collection was popping up. They were like, what? <laughs> we thought you went to Q's for pre-med. What <laughs> the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> think people are like surprised like if you really really knew me you weren't surprised at all because I was always like dressed Mm -hmm. you know when I went to school I was always stylish I was always interested in those things um but I had one person who I had gone to high school with who saw my senior collection on Facebook or whatever and she was like oh my god I had no clue you went to school for this However, mm-hmm. I have been looking for someone to create these three garments for me.
0: There it is. Um,
1: <laughs> and I have been searching and searching and searching. She's like, I have this idea in my head, but every time I bring it to a seamstress locally, they say that they can't do it because they don't have a pattern for it. And I was like a pattern. Girl, I don't need no pattern. Come through. <laughs> <laughs> like I make my own pattern. We're not working right. with no with no simplicity over here. year. <laughs> like, right. I don't need that. Like I can build whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And her name was T. Um, shout out to T. She's kind <laughs> of like She's credited with being like a jumping off point. Um, And I need three things for her. I think like two were her birthday and one was for New Year's. And the thing about her, she's a hairstylist. Mm -hmm. So once she, you know, wore those things and started posting them, it just organically built from there. Like, you know, one person saw and then the next person saw and it was all word of mouth. And my strongest referrals to this day are still always word of mouth. And it just grew organically and sustained itself from there. And I just fell in love with all of the things that we've already spoken about, you know, leading people, sharing narratives and translating those narratives visually into garments.
0: You know, you spend a lot of long hours in your uh, workspace, day and night. And um, how does that impact your life?
1: I don't know. You might have to ask somebody who's not me, right? Answer that question for you. Well, what are some best practices? To me, this, this, that. I mean, I am. That that is my life. Does that make any sense? Yeah. (laughs) Um. There is. There is as much as it is like a ridiculous commitment, and I think anyone. Mm. I mean, take creativity out of it. Anybody who's a small business owner. Anybody who's an entrepreneur, like, especially one where you're really building it brick by brick from the ground up. I'm not talking about trust fund babies. I'm not talking (laughs) about, you know, people who get a a little loan from daddy or whatever and Mm -hmm. decide that they just want to, you know, I don't know, open a restaurant tomorrow or something. But people who are really like on the ground with their business, I think that that's, you know, those long hours reflect upon any of us. Yeah, Um, And it's difficult, and sometimes it really does take away from social commitments or what have you. But also for me, it has not necessarily been difficult to not socialize you know because so many of my social commitments overlap with my work yeah like you know you go to art events or you go to openings and you go to like little parties and you or you go to networking events and the great thing about being in the creative community is like you work and play at the same time absolutely absolutely. Um, yeah and sometimes it's like okay well I can't go to this today because like, I got the deadline but <laughs> I don't think that that's, you know, anybody who is a young professional is exempt from that. Like I can think of friends who work in other industries and sometimes like they can't do certain things because it's like, oh, they have like this contract or this deadline or this thing that they need to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, and as difficult as it is to spend long hours, sometimes it, it honestly, it just, it is my choice.
0: Absolutely. like
1: yes. I want to commit to this project I want to you know see it come to life in a certain way and I might be tired but it's not that type of tired where I'm resentful because you love um, what you do yeah I really yeah. do and it's it's challenging in so many ways and sometimes like like damn I am tired and I don't feel like doing nothing today but I don't I don't feel put off if that makes sense it does like I don't look back on it and be like oh I shouldn't have spent x amount of time doing this because that's just what I chose to do and that's what I love and enjoy doing
0: well Um, I know that people love seeing what you do I love seeing what you do and it's, it's really beautiful.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm you know, I'm glad that it it resonates with people um, and people feel inspired by it. I think that that's also like a very big part of what I do. Like I always kind of preach authenticity and sometimes it's difficult going into it, not necessarily knowing or understanding what the outcome is going to be, but remaining true to yourself and what you do and having integrity in what you do and investing in yourself those are those are the overarching principles you know you can apply that to fashion you can apply that to creativity but you can apply that to anything that you do in life um and i think that's what's important and that's what makes these things worthwhile
0: and with that being said how can people find you and get in contact with you sure
1: so Pretty much all of my platforms are all Sarita C Fashion. And so my name is spelled S-Y-R-E-E-T-A C Fashion. It's singular, so sometimes people throw an S on the M, but it's singular. So Sarita C Fashion on Instagram, um, my business Facebook profile is Sarita C Fashion, on Twitter, on Pinterest, And if they wanted to contact me directly via email, it's contact, again, which is also singular. So contact at com, And com is my website also.
0: Thank you so much for your time and talking to us today. I greatly appreciate it.
1: You're more than welcome. (laughs) Thank you for having me.
0: All righty.